Welcome back to the tip of the iceberg. In this podcast, we're talking about STEM, that's science, technology, engineering, and maths. And I'll be talking with Steve Gill, Lisa Jane Cook, and Sam Buckle about the different types of initiatives that are going on in the refrigeration, air conditioning, heat pump sector to get a broader range of people involved in our work. We recorded this event during International Women in Engineering Day, and we'll talk about all sorts of different things, career opportunities, and how sharing stories and celebrating success can make a big difference. We're looking a little bit more about the role of women in the industry and what we can do to support them. So to start with, let's just talk a little bit about STEM, if anyone's new to that whole concept of STEM. And what we're trying to do with this network is improve awareness of the careers that our industry can offer. I'm sure you're all aware that women tend to not choose engineering careers. There's no real reason for that. It's just as historical. So we're trying to change perceptions and make people realize it's a great career opportunity for people, not just those working in engineering roles, but in any role, really, uh, lots of different opportunities. We're doing this trying to start early by going into schools and encouraging people to get that confidence to go into schools and talk about their work, their careers and the opportunities, giving them resources and pointing in the direction of organisations that can um, guide them through. In this network, what we're doing is improving awareness of the kind of things you can do, getting members to share their experiences, their activities, their resources, and also trying to encourage more people to sign up as STEM ambassadors so we have a network of people that you can call on whenever an opportunity arises to talk to schools. So let's look at a little bit about women in RACHP. According to Engineering UK, women make up 16.5% of all engineers. And that is a good figure, apparently, uh, because it has increased from 10.5% last time they did their survey in 2010. But uh, with women, of course, making up about half of the population generally in the UK, it's still not as good as it could be. So we uh, have a lot still to do to continue to do. But it's great to know that there is a trend that is quite positive. It says that the role of women are in, in engineering roles is increasing, even though the total number of people working in engineering fell during the pandemic. So there is definitely a positive trend. We should be really quite pleased of ourselves. I think our, our members uh, who are working to promote the careers for women in the industry of, of the kind of progress that's being made when everybody in all the different engineering sectors working together, doing things like promoting women in engineering, the International Women Engineering Day. There's a new network that we'll talk about from the international um, group that's supported by UNEP and also celebrating International Women in Engineering Day, which is today. Uh, in terms of the Institute of Refrigeration, what we understand about refrigeration, air conditioning, heat pumps, there was a survey carried out in 2020, and we found that um, one of the stats there was just 2% of senior leadership positions held by females. So really, our position as the IOR is that, you know, that we know that there's a skill shortage. We need people, both men and women. So we really want to uh, encourage women to see this as a career um, to help us address the skills that are needed. So first thing, women make good engineers. There is old fashioned thinking about women don't want to work in engineering because it's dirty or it's working outside or you're in a van all day or there are child rearing issues. These are really out of date ways of looking at things. We've got lots of examples now of women having really successful careers, of being able to do these jobs and uh, there really is no barrier to women taking on a career in engineering and we need to get that message across. 
So what kind of things can businesses do? Well, we are already doing all these sorts of things. We are getting uh, a lot of STEM ambassadors, our female engineers and women working in the industry in non-engineering roles. We've got lots of support for women in engineering through the STEMazing programs. And as a business, if you are doing any advertising, any promotion, make sure you've got a, you know, a gender balance of, of the people in your advertisements. We need to increase that visibility of women in professional engineering roles and showing the kind of work they do. Some other ideas for you is to celebrate the success of the women working in your business. When women win awards for lifetime achievements or achievements uh, through the top women in engineering, we're getting a lot of coverage, particularly in the refrigeration sector for these awards. So make sure you do make a good shout out uh, for their work in this area and take part in all these kind of initiatives, all these networks that can support women's careers and show that this industry has a lot to offer. We have some guidance in the Institute of Refrigeration to help you if you want to get started talking to schools. There are ideas about working with schools, what works well, how to become a STEM ambassador and about a little bit about the STEM Amazing program. There is information about the Institute's Fantastic Fridges website, which is an interactive website. It's got lots of um, stuff that you can use if you're talking to schools. We have a video called Careers in Cooling, which features uh, lots of different people in different roles, including a number of female um, engineers and people working in admin roles as well. So a whole mixture of people. There are some really good examples that you can let, look at there. And our most recent guidance note was looking at work experience um, placements. And that was to get put together by colleagues at, at SureSol with a female um, apprentice helped put that together. So I always say that there may not be many women in our sector, but the women who are here punch above their weight. We're making a really great impression and making things happen. So really, that was all that I uh, wanted to say as an introduction. And I would hand over to you. We've got Steve Gill from uh, the World Refrigeration, and we've got Lisa Jane Cook and Sam Buckle, both involved in the IOR Women in Refrigeration Network. So guys, some of you guys have just come off of a podcast all about women in engineering. So any other advice you have for employers about how to attract more female engineers and what they can do? Does Sam or Lisa Jane want to say anything? It's Sam. Yeah, sure. Hiya. Um, with regards to the question, how do you attract more females? I think it depends. I could be wrong, but it depends what uh, time you are in life. So different times in my life, I've been interested in different things. Um, so if it's just females rather than engineers, I would say that, um, well, like anybody, really, I suppose, in fact, that at different times in your life, there will be different benefits that appeal to you in your 20s that perhaps wouldn't in your 50s. And I just think benefits is becoming more and more important. So, yeah, that's what I would. That's what came to mind. I just thought I'd mention it. I know I know this is STEM and I know it's not something that comes up, but I think it's quite relevant. So, yes, if somebody is younger and you're offering to pay for their training, that's going to be a huge attraction to somebody perhaps who's younger. Not always. It could be an attraction to anyone. But I think that will be appealing, especially nowadays and apprenticeships and stuff. But. I think benefits is um, of huge importance as well. So I just thought I'd mention that. Yeah, I mean, I think just to add to what you're saying about training, the fact that we have a really strong apprenticeship scheme, that there are colleges that, that take on apprentices is something to be um, really we can shout about. I've been talking to some apprentices recently and, you know, they're saying that they 
they chose an apprenticeship career because it was a structured education. It would give them great fundamentals to build a career on and it would give them a place to start at the bottom and work all the way through because they'd have a really, really good idea of what's involved and it would it would give them opportunities to go into different areas in their career. I certainly hear more and more female apprentices um, are, are coming through the system now. So there, there's lots of progress being made there. I would see that as a benefit of of, the, of this industry is that there's a good good uh, training and careers. Is there anything Absolutely. else you want to add, Sam? So I'd agree with that 100% as well, Miriam. Thank you. Uh, Lisa Jane, you were uh, I think you were going to say something as well. Yeah. So I know I keep saying that we keep saying this, but role models. So people need to see that there are opportunities. So if if you've got young women already in the business and they don't necessarily have to be in a technical role, but succeeding in the role and and enjoying the job that they do as long as they're happy to do, put put them in the spotlight, ask them to share a little bit about their journey, share the things that they're really passionate about within the role. And then other young women will see that and that will help them to realise that there is an opportunity for them. So we definitely, we always keep coming back to this role models, but I do think it's really important. Yeah, I think that's true. If, uh, you know, I, I think I was looking some, at some YouTube videos when I was putting this together and they were saying that sometimes when people think about when someone asks picture an engineer, and um, the automatic picture that comes into many people's minds is is a man in a hard hat. So trying to get round that idea, because in many other um, professions, if you talk about nursing and things like that, you know, it's it's quite gender neutral. So I think there's a lot of work to do to reverse that general perception. And if we can start early showing kids at school that, you know, it's not a man's job, it's it's a job for anybody that that would be really helpful. Yeah, it's it's definitely there that we, we do need to start showing people that, yeah, it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, there's a job for you in the industry. You and Sam, who are both on the STEM programme, so you're going out to schools or, or doing web talks, showing it's a sector that does welcome women. Yeah, and we actually, we would discuss this earlier as well, we really enjoy doing that. So if anybody's thinking about doing it, it's really rewarding. So I definitely urge you to give it a go. And also, Lisa Jane, were you on the um, International Women in Cooling group as well? Is that something you've got involved in? Did they have a meeting recently, didn't they? They did, yes. We had our first um, board meeting. So it was it was more about just getting to know each other and sort of setting um, the tone for the, the future meetings and agreeing on how those meetings would be conducted. But even just that first meeting was really quite an eye opener because there are a lot of women around the world doing the same roles as us in the industry but we, we haven't really sort of connected those dots before so you know we're in quite a unique place now aren't we that every day there's more and more women and um Steve and um, World Refrigeration Day they've actually put a post out today with all those faces on LinkedIn I don't know if you've seen it but that to me is just incredible because I never thought we'd be at the point where there were so many of us that have actually stood up and said hey we're working in this field and for Steve to be able to actually collate those faces and make a picture that broad Mm. and that's a that's a global thing as well so it's not just something that's happening in the UK you know there's lots we can learn from the um, I think there's an American association that's been running for several years that is really really active in this and and we're hoping we'll learn from a lot more from other organizations Steve are you available to say anything about the international group ah yes I am here before we talk about the inwick just to echo what's uh, already been said visibility I think is is a huge plays a huge part it's very difficult to think about a career or stepping into a career uh, that you don't fit into so having the women and the women are there they are there are lots of women in the industry uh, doing really great work 
So uh, just increasing the visibility that you're doing and having the role models such as Lisa Jane and Jacinta and all the other wonderful ones that are, that are involved in the IOR and above. And working on the unconscious bias. People, even I have a perception of what an engineer is. And I, I think we just have to work around that and talk more about, particularly to young children, about what the job actually entails, what they, you know, the, the exciting things that we do. I think it's exciting. You know, we, we, we feed the population, we deliver vaccines. We, you know, we, you and I all, both know what these things do. But if you wrap it up with the title engineer, it, it sort of gets labeled and lost a little bit. So I think concentrate on the what we do more than the label attached to being an engineer. And I suppose the third aspect is, is the influencers. We really must work on the influence. We, we dip in and out of schools and, and uh, training facilities, you know, the young people and through social media. But we really need to work on the teachers, the parents, even ourselves, if we are parents ourselves, because we influence so many of those around us. A lot of the research shows that people go into engineering, their parents or have a relative in engineering already. So yeah, that would instantly sort of double the next generation if we, if we could keep that going. So there's a lot of influence, work with influence to work on. And it's having all that materials and out there to, to support them and awareness. And, and Sam's point uh, about, uh, I think she, I can't remember how she put it, but uh, one of the presentations I gave very, a long time ago, I actually put up a, my payslip on the slide and I had a lot of interest afterwards, more than so than the rest of the people in the room that we also give them careers fair. Because, yes, money does, it does attract a lot of us. Uh, some of us in the industry are fairly well paid, let's put it that way. It, it's not a poor industry by any respect. No, no, that, all, that really echoes what um, sometimes a couple of these meetings we've had Ian Fisher come on and he, he said he goes to the careers fairs and talks to them and says any questions. And in, invariably, somebody puts up their hand and said, how much money do you earn? So, you yeah. know, it is a driver, you know, because people want to know, is it a good career? And that's reflected it not just in the value of to society, but an interest in the training. But, you know, at the end of the day, everyone wants to make a living and see that there's opportunity. So that so the fact that you can go through an apprenticeship and then all the way up into being a business leader such as yourself, Steve, um, and, and earn, you know, a, a good living is, is a really something. Absolutely. Last, last week was something called Social Mobility Awareness Day. And that, that's something that's an industry we, we, we don't really talk about or aware of. I know many, and you probably do as well, who have started not from the best backgrounds and well-educated, to put it mildly, but have now become industry leaders just on merit. And I think that is that is something else we can we can work upon. You know, we are not uh, restrictive in, in the ways that some uh, industries are. Yeah, there's so many misperceptions about engineering. It seems to be either you have to have like a gazillion degrees um, and PhDs in order to to do something. And the other one is that, you know, you are just running around a van with a screwdriver. Some people think they think that you're just fixing fridges in, or installing fridges in people's uh, homes. And other people think it's beyond them, out of their reach because it's too academic. So trying to make people realize that, you know, I know lots of people in this industry who didn't do well at school. They just didn't enjoy it. It just wasn't their sort of thing. Um, but when they they knew that they liked doing practical work and hands on work, they liked finding out how things work or they even started. I, I was listening to Gemma Weston, who won the uh, one of the awards for the top student recently. And she said she started off doing a, a hairdressing apprenticeship and it was boring. 
<laughs> so she, you know, she, she's a practical person. She wants to do to find out how things work. And she got involved in air conditioning and now industrial refrigeration. So the opportunities are there for people from all walks of life. Yeah. And one of the things we've been doing for World Refrigeration Days, you, you may have seen, is sharing stories as opposed to the, the usual CVs. You know, you, you know, you, it's nice to see a CV where, you, you know, you, you went to university, you, you got a degree, you became a manager, etc. But to hear the stories, and you mentioned Gemma, that I won't mention another name, but there's quite a few on there who've, who've started from quite strange backgrounds, oh, unusual backgrounds, you know, in a, working in a pub or walking a dog or all sorts of things. And all of a sudden, they've, they've ended up with, with very successful careers. So I was actually me. speaking to somebody in the week who is a, is a male apprentice, but uh, he said he did an apprenticeship in greenkeeping in a golf course. And he got speaking to some of the golfers about what they do. And they worked for a refrigeration company and he uh, he retrained because it sounded more interesting. One of the stories was the um, the person who heads up uh, Woolworths supermarkets in Australia. He was working in some and just fell out with his employer and crossed the road. And there was a refrigeration company and he, he just applied for the job there. That's how he got into it. It was as, it was as random as that. But he's never looked back. So it, it's really quite interesting, the, the openings. I just talk about Inwick just very briefly. Um, I, I think again, Lisa Jane mentioned that, and you've mentioned that. Yes, the the IOR is, is one of the founding partners of, of that network. Uh, we've uh, connected up a number of the, the leading associations around the world who have women's uh, networks and groups, and it's to exchange uh, information and, and and ways of working, all the things you know, the, the success stories, what works, what doesn't, and really, uh, you know, the strengthening numbers i think i think that we can learn a lot from each other uh, and you mentioned the, the women in hvacr the the um, the american network who've been going for 20 years in fact they're they're looking at us and they say wow we, you know there's a lot we can learn from you so it's it's really quite interesting to see this synergy and i think you know it's a cliche but we are stronger together i think that that applies it's really exciting if you look at it individually it seems too big and too difficult but then as you say if we work together there's an opportunity there to build on everyone else's success and uh, and see hopefully in our over our careers, see changes happening. And I've certainly I'm seeing that over over my career in the sector of changes in perceptions. You know, there were there were just no female engineers at the colleges when I used to go out and visit when I first started. And now, you know, we're just starting to see those numbers coming through and it only takes one or two. And then others see that the possibility is there and it it snowballs from there. So. Hopefully there's lots of opportunities uh, for people in the future and they can see that as we do this work to promote it. And of course, the important work that World Refrigeration Day is doing to promote the sector generally. So thanks everyone for your input to this podcast. Thanks Steve, Lisa Jane and Sam and everyone listening in. In the description of this episode, I'll put some links to some of the initiatives we've been discussing. And I hope that everyone can find some inspiration there and you can share your stories about refrigeration, how you got into the industry and the great career it's offered you and help us to continue to attract the best people and get the best skills in our sector for the future. Thanks, everyone. was the tip of the iceberg from the Institute of Refrigeration and I'm Miriam Rodway. We hope you're enjoying our podcasts. Please like and share and follow the podcast and join us on the next edition. Thank you.